listening to the Fish on Ted podcast with your host, Ted Johnson. Well, hi, this is Ted Johnson. And before we start today's podcast, I'd like to give a quick shout out to a couple of our supporters. George Shower, who is the Pocono Outdoors guy, has been a friend and advocate of the Fish on Ted podcast and our sister company, Marketing for Guides, for a couple of years now. George broadcasts his own podcast live every Sunday evening at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on Facebook Live. He then posts his episode on his YouTube channel, of course, called The Pocono Outdoors Guy. Along with being a podcast host, George is also a well-known outdoor writer and outdoor videographer. To find out more about George's services, go to his website at www.poconooutdoorsguy.com. I'd also like to recognize Short Bus Flashers, who is based in Oregon. JT Gillette started Short Bus Flashers just over 10 years ago, and it has become the premier manufacturer of salmon fishing flashers on the West Coast. If you like catching salmon, you need to visit www.shortbusflashers.com and take a look at all the flashers and the hundreds of shapes and color combinations that are available. Well, hello, this is Ted Johnson with the Fish on Dead podcast. I want to thank everybody for uh, listening today. We are recording this just a few days before Christmas in 2020, and we are excited that uh, we're going to be going into 2021 finally. It's uh, been quite a year for us all, whether you're in fishing or any other profession, it's kind of nuts right now. But uh, today we have a special guest, and uh, Daniel St. Laurent, who is a professional fishing guide full-time in the state of Oregon is joining joining us to talk about uh, Springer season, which is spring salmon season in Oregon and in the Northwest. Uh, Daniel, you there? Yep, I am here. Hey, welcome. How are you, man? I am doing great. Just uh, sitting down here, uh, getting things ready for another spring Chinook season coming ahead of us. <laughs> well, terrific. You know, Springer season has always been in Oregon, my favorite season. I love catching springers. I love eating springers. I mean, they are the, you know, the most incredible eating salmon I have ever had in my entire life. And, uh, you know, that, that fishery is real interesting in Oregon in that there's a lot of excitement. It only goes on for a few weeks and then, uh, people then focus on other types of fishing and, and that sort of thing. And, uh, one of the reasons that it only lasts a, the short time is because of the numbers of fish that, you know, show up from year to year. And so our first question for you, Daniel, is, you know, what does it look like in your perspective in regards to the runs coming up, uh, maybe to expect, um, you know, in the, in the, in the season coming here in a few, in a few months? Uh, the numbers are definitely looking up from uh, last year uh, in 2020 here. Uh, I wouldn't say they're massively higher, but there's definitely uh, forecasted to be more fish for 2021 compared to the 2020 season uh, in all aspects from the Columbia to the Willamette. Both of their numbers are supposed to be up. They're saying for the whole Columbia system, if you count the Willamette, Sandy, Basically, if you're fishing around the St. Helens area and the Columbia River, they're forecasting around 145,000 Spring Chinook, counting the Columbia, upriver stuff, the Sandy, the Willamette all together. So wow. that's definitely 
It's definitely more fish than last year. Uh, the Willamette on its own is forecasted to be 50,000 for 2021. And that's probably one of the largest spring Chinook runs we've seen back to the Willamette in quite a few years. So that's pretty exciting to see the Willamette have uh, the best numbers out of the Columbia Willamette fisheries. So we're pretty darn excited to see what the 2021 spring Chinook season comes together. Wow. So I'm just curious in 2020, what were the numbers coming up to Willamette? Do you know, do you remember them? The, yeah. The forecast last year for the Willamette was 40,000 was with the preseason forecast, but the actual return actually ended up being right around 45,000. So, I mean, that was uh, really great to see that even more fish uh, came back than even forecasted. And I mean, with the ocean conditions, the way they are at this point, I would not doubt one bit in my eyes to see all of these numbers even higher than what is forecasted. I wouldn't expect anything massively higher, but even just going off of last year where there was 5,000 more fish show up in the Willamette than what they originally forecasted. And we have mm -hmm. phenomenal ocean conditions for these salmon out in the ocean to be living in right now. The feed, the cold water, everything is pointing in a salmon's favor right now to be living out in the ocean. Oh, that's cool. So now the springers start showing up in the Columbia, what, in, in uh, the month of March? Is that they'll, they'll start showing yeah. a little bit? Normally, we start seeing a few fish caught in March. I don't ever get very excited until the last few days of March or early April, depending on what the water conditions are doing. But, I mean, you'll probably hear of one caught either the beginning of March or even some years on the Willamette. We hear a fish or two caught in February. And there's those really? diehard people that live, live in the Portland metro area that would much rather sit out there and spring salmon fish for hours on end for that one chance at one fish every week or 10 days. And so we do see a few of those people catch one here or there, but for a consistent spring Chinook fishery to go out and have a realistic chance of putting fish in the boat every day, it's realistically early April or the last few days of March. Very good. Now, do you have any idea of what the, uh, Oregon Department of Fish and Wildlife is, is set as limits for this spring? Well, the Columbia will definitely be its normal one fish per person limit, uh, hatchery fish only, which is normal. Right. And they have not set a season. My gut feeling is we'll get anywhere from the first five to 10 days of April they will give us on the Columbia River. And they'll mm -hmm. most likely set that season sometime in March. I would say either early March or mid-March, they'll come out with that season. But right. I, that's for what the run forecast size is, that's what it will be. The Willamette River will be permanent regulations, which is a two fish per person limit, hatchery fish only. And there won't be a start or close. I mean, they'll just be wide open for the Willamette with that forecast. They have nothing to worry about on the Willamette system for Spring Chinook, which is great to see uh, them have fish like that, where it's not a big worry, where they might think about closing it here or there. There's no going to be no closures. It'll be wide open, two fish per person, seven days per week, nothing to worry about on the Willamette system. Wow. That's good news for that whole Willamette system all the way up into uh, or, or all the way down into the uh, 
uh, you know, lower Willamette Valley and the McKinsey River and the North Fork of the Willamette and that sort of thing. Sounds like the, there's fish headed that way this year. That's awesome. Yes, they should. Be, they should. Everybody should have an opportunity uh, for the whole Willamette. All of the rivers flowing into the Willamette should all have opportunities at some point throughout the spring or early summer, which some of those fisheries go into uh, May and June. So th- those guys will all have uh, fisheries to fish down there. Very good. Now, now, Daniel, what what's the difference in um, a spring chinook versus a fall chinook i mean they're basically the same fish right it's just um the the spring chinook have a little bit different genetics or something yeah they're a little bit different genetics the spring fish come in early in the spring here but they don't spawn until depending on exactly what strain anywhere from september all the way through early november those fish don't spawn so we come in and we're fishing them in the spring, but they have a fat content in them to stay alive in fresh water for four to six to even seven months sometimes, depending on exactly where, where the fish is headed, what strain of spring Chinook. If it's a lower where they only are swimming a few hundred miles compared to a fish that might swim a thousand miles from all the way to like Idaho or like you were saying, the Mackenzie. So, it's not a thousand miles, but I mean, some of these fish have long journeys, some have short journeys. So it all kind of depends on that. But the fall Chinook, they come in and they spawn sometimes within weeks, but if not a month or two after hitting fresh water. So they don't have as much oil content in them and fat content in them to survive like the spring Chinook do, which makes the spring Chinook, in my opinion, the best eating salmon in the Pacific Northwest, hands down, and I've got to eat just about every fish from the Pacific Northwest all the way through the Alaska. I've commercial fished all over Alaska and got the opportunity to eat all of the different salmon all over Alaska, and the fat content in our Columbia River, Willamette River, Pacific Northwest Spring Chinook is one of the very few that I've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, it's like gold, too. I mean, for those people listening that are not from the Pacific Northwest, you know, we get the the springers in. And, you know, last year, I think I saw, you know, uh, one of the, um, I think it was maybe Whole Foods that had springers, you know, in their seafood case. And they were selling it for, for like $60 a pound. I mean, it you know, it was yeah. incredible. Yep, I normally see it anywhere from forty to sixty dollars a pound. That's uh, over the last five to ten years. That's what I have seen the majority of it, and uh, that's for a couple different reasons. That's uh, some of it is there's not very many commercially harvested anymore. There's such right. a small commercial harvest, so that's one of them. And the other thing is there's just such a demand. The few that do get harvested, I mean, it's almost a bidding war on those fish once they hit the supermarket. Yeah, no kidding. It's almost like you know some of the big bluefin tuna. <laughs> Marcus, exactly you know, exactly godly amounts for those fish but you know if you've never had spring chinook you need to do it and and then everything will become clear because it is a different uh, i mean the, the 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 table fare you know that and the and the the flavor of that of that fish is so is so good i mean fall chinook is really good also but it's not like springers is it no, the spring Chinook, I mean, 
we might, people might think we're crazy. We sit out there for hours and hours on end with nothing just uh, because we want those opportunities to catch them. And then all of a sudden you sit out there all day and then your opportunity comes along. And once you have that fish for the day, it's well worth it when you're at home sitting there eating it and say, well, sitting in a boat all day for my, this beautiful spring Chinook. I mean, it is well mm-hmm. worth the wait that everybody sits there to wait their turn to catch their spring salmon. And I have clients that will sit there for hours on end and I, we haven't had a bite in five hours. And I'm like, well, can we make another pass or two? And all of a sudden there's not another boat in sight and everybody's left and we're the last ones out there. And then the bite turns on and you get your fish and everybody is, is ecstatic. It's, and then you get to go home and eat it. And let me tell you, it is long worth the wait. I mean, it's amazing quality. Absolutely it is. Now, the spring Chinook are a little smaller, are they not, than the fall Chinook? Yeah, on average, what I would say for the Columbia Willamette systems, on average, an 8 to 15 pound fish. We definitely catch ones in the 20, lower 20s, uh, mid 20s every year. But on average, 8 to 15 pounds, and a larger one is in the 20 pound class. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, uh, that 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 makes sense. Now, when you uh, uh, when you fish for springers without, sh- uh, you know, sharing the secret sauce that uh, that you obviously have and being successful as you are, you know, how are, how are you fishing for salmon in the Columbia, and is it different than how you fish for salmon in the Willamette? For the most part, it's very, very similar. Uh, It's a trolling fishery for the most part. I mean, there are a few years where we have extremely high water on the Columbian Willamette that we do anchor fish and we fish plugs, quick fish, flat Mm -hmm. fish, those type of things. But on the most of the time, we are fishing uh, cut plug herring with uh, fish flash. And basically, the majority of the time I fish, when I'm in the Willamette, I'm fishing the Multnomah Channel, the lower end of the Multnomah Channel, from basically Coon Island to the mouth of the uh, Multnomah Channel, where it dumps into the Columbia. And even those areas, for the most part, we're hitting the bottom and fishing the bottom five feet. And that's the same in the the Columbia. It's basically, you hit the bottom with your lead, you reel up one or two turns, and you're just trolling right close to the bottom. And as the bottom changes, you change with it. And that's the main mm-hmm. technique we use for the spring chinook fishing on the Willamette Columbia systems. So, so finding these fish and uh, is, is basically um, tied to finding the bottom of the waters that you're, you're fishing, is it not? I mean, they, they kind of hang right down there. They hang right close to the bottom, having a good quality depth sounder that you are very familiar with and comfortable using is absolutely uh the main thing you have. I actually have one in my boat that sits in spaces directly forward. So every single person in my boat can see it. And then I have one that's kind of off to the side that I can look at. So it is so important. I have two depth sounders in my boat, one just for my clients to make sure they know exactly what I'm talking about. They can watch the depth sounder. They can uh, change the bottom as needed all throughout the day because they are staring right at that depth sounder. Yeah. Do you, do you see many people on the Columbia or on the Willamette uh, uh, fishing off the bank for springers? There is a couple spots on the Columbia. There's a couple sandbars up and down in the Columbia that they do a little bit of bank fishing. But for the most part, it's mainly a boat show for the spring chinook. There, like I said, there's a few spots on the Columbia to do it, 
but the Willamette, especially in the areas I'm fishing on the Willamette, there is no bank access up up yeah. river. Yes, there is. As you get up towards Oregon city, there's some bank access up there, but mm-hmm. the lower end of the Multnomah channel, uh, even the lower end of the actual Willamette, there is pretty much no bank access. Right. Right. I mean, the waters are just so big and, and the fish can be almost anywhere. Can they not? Yes, exactly. They're, they're, the paths these fish are taking, even on a normal day, I'm fishing tight to the shore. I'm fishing out in the middle. I'm fi- I mean, I'm moving back and forth all the time. So these mm-hmm. fish are always constantly moving. Yeah. And you were saying that most of the fish that you're picking up, you're, you're trolling. Is that right? Yeah, the, that's the main technique I use, a fish flash and uh, trolling bait right on the bottom. So you've got a brand new person in the boat with you, and they're excited to catch their first springer. What do you tell them? That the more you check the bottom, the more odds you have on catching the fish. The people, I tell them in the mornings, my first speech when I start showing them how to let everything out, I said, the person that checks the bottom the most has the best shot at catching a fish. The person that lets their line out and checks it every half hour, the most of the time they're going for a boat ride. They aren't going to catch one. So you have to put a little bit of effort in and it's not too hard. As long as you look at the depth sounder that all, I mean, is right in front of you. I mean, you just have to look at the screen and that makes it really easy. I mean, once the bottom goes from 12 feet to 20 feet, and you haven't checked it, and you're still fishing where where it was at 12 feet, you're not fishing. If you right. just drop it down and hit the bottom where it goes to 20 and then just reel up your turn, you're good. I mean, it's, yeah. not, it's not very hard to do. It just takes a little bit of paying attention on that. And, and I'm preaching to people, it, bottom's changed. Have you changed it? I mean, because I'm fishing a rod normally too, so, I mean, it's pretty easy. If I'm checking my rods, probably a good idea you check yours. Yeah, good, good, good point. Now, uh, in, in regards to, you know, the, the guys that you have on your boat, are they holding their rods or do they have them in a, in a rod holder? Or a little, but, a for the most part, every, everybody has them in the pole holders because when these yeah. things start to bite, they will bite and they'll bite and they'll bite. I mean, I've had fish bite for 20, 30, 40 seconds before they're ever hooked. And if, when they initially start biting, if you grab that rod, that fish is gone. You will never get that thing to turn around and bite again. You'll pull it right out of the fish's mouth. He'll immediately know that something's wrong and he'll be on his way up the river without you. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I would imagine for people that have not had the, the opportunity to wait on a fish, you know, until the right time to set the hook, that can be real frustrating because you would think, you know, the rod's moving, it's time to set the hook, but that's not quite the uh, you know, yeah, no, I, I, I don't even have anybody ever set the hook. I basically, when that pulls in the pole holder, you don't even pick the pole up until the line's coming off the reel. And once that line's coming off the reel, just pick that pole up and fight the fish. It's either hooked good mm-hmm. or it's not hooked good. You don't have any control over that at that point. Uh, that's just the luck of the draw on how it's hooked. Yeah. Now, are you using la- uh, uh, reels with line counters on them? I am, but I do not use them. Uh, I do not use the line counters uh, when I am fishing this way. The, I want that lead to hit the bottom, and I want to reel up one and sometimes two turns. But normally, it's one turn off the bottom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And and in regards to fighting a Chinook, you don't uh, tend to expect them to, to come out of the water much, do you? I mean, it, uh, they're, no, they're going to take... For the mo- 
it's for the most part tug of war. Yeah. I mean, that's the biggest thing. The Chinook, I mean, in general, just spring Chinook, summer Chinook, fall Chinook, they play tug of war. And they're they're uh-huh. going to uh, try to stay as close to the bottom as they can. They don't normally jump out of the water. And it's just uh, them trying to use their size to battle against you and stay right close to the bottom. And it is a tug of war, too, isn't it? I mean, it, uh, uh, they'll, they'll, they'll make ground, you'll make ground, and uh, it isn't something that you just drag right into the boat. No, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a game of feet, and then as it gets close to the boat, and you can even see the fish, and then it's a game of inches. Uh-huh. I mean, you take an inch, they take an inch. They, I mean, it's uh, definitely a battle, and that uh, makes it the fun because you never know what that fish is going to do. Every single fish is a little different, and you never know what to expect. Right. You know, you've been fishing for years and years and years, and you've, you know, you fish tens of thousands of, of fishermen. Do you recall a particular trip or a particular fish that you fought um, in, 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 is kind of a, 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 a crowning memory of uh, your, all your experiences on the water? I can't think of one right off the top of my head. Uh, I mean, the biggest thing that I enjoyed the most about the, I mean, not even just spring Chinook, just the salmon steelhead fishing in general is catching somebody their first salmon. That's, I mean, I, and I've done it so many hundreds and hundreds of times, but I still, every time, I mean, it's, it's a joy for me. It's an honor Mm -hmm. for me to get that Mm -hmm. person, their first salmon ever. I mean, it's just, there's something about it that, I mean, I don't think it will ever get old and it's a rewarding, it's one of the biggest rewarding things about my job is uh, getting to take people that have never done it and taking somebody out to catch their first salmon ever, because in 20 years from now, that person will come back and still talk about that same time. I mean, I have kids that I have kids that I've fished for 10 years now that still talk about that first, salmon i I mean that's what they always come back to it might not be the biggest it might not be the most beautiful it might they might have bigger ones they've caught now but they still talk about that first one because that's when you get hooked it's like oh my god that was the coolest thing Uh, i'm going to want to do this forever yeah so that that's my big thing that i really enjoy and it's funny isn't it because once that memory gets in their head you daniel have become one of their best friends and you might see them five years later and go, hey, remember the fish that I caught? Uh, yeah, I remember. <laughs> with, yep, with nope. and, and a lot of them, a lot of them, I mean, I truly, once I see somebody's face and we start talking about it, I can go over details of exactly that day before we caught it, after we caught it. Some of oh, those uh, have stuck into my head where I can't yeah. just tell the story off the top of my head, but you get the person, right. you start talking to them. It's like, I remember we, we were right here when we caught that fish that day. Yeah. Yeah. You're amazing like that, man. I mean, you're, you're, but, but you live it. I mean, uh, whether it is in Oregon or you spend a couple of months out of the year, don't you fishing uh, commercially up in Alaska for salmon? I mean, that, uh, uh, you, you live and breathe the, the salmon game. Yep. I absolutely love being on the water, uh, catching salmon, sport fishing, commercially uh, fishing for salmon up in Bristol Bay, Alaska. I absolutely love uh, my life is fishing. I live, breathe. I mean, everything I do is about fishing and I absolutely love it. I would not trade it for anything. I absolutely am doing, I'm doing something that I've basically wanted to do since I was a little tiny kid. Mm -hmm. 
You know, I would be amiss if I didn't ask you to tell us about the, the boats that you use uh, when you salmon fish, because you have some of the most incredible boats on the water. Uh, what, what are you fishing this year, Daniel? The, for the Colombian Willamette Spring Chinook fishing, I will be fishing out of my 28-foot Willie's Nemesis sled. Uh, you mm -hmm. would think of a sled as a shallow draft boat, but this one is actually built to fish in big water. It has a 250-horse Yamaha outboard motor. It's uh, a, more of a deep V boat, so it does really well if you get a little wind chop come up and it has a removable windshield. It's still a very smooth riding boat, even on those days where there's a little bit of wind and chop out on the water. So that way it's still comfortable to be out there. It's not miserable. We can effectively fish with it. It's a state of the art boat. Mm -hmm. Well, you, your, your seats are big and comfortable, much like what you would find in, 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 a, in a, any sort of um, you know, automobile and that sort of thing. I think you were saying even you, you have heated seats in it now? Yep. Every one of my boats, except my raft that we throw around down canyons and drag into the water for their winter steelhead and Tillamook. But uh -huh. besides that boat, my drift boat, my small sled, my larger sled that we're spring chinook fishing out of, they all have heated seats. And that is very nice, especially the springtime where you still have those cold mornings, cold, wet, rainy days here and there. The heated seats definitely are an added bonus uh, for those cold days. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, and, and, and just, you know, go, going to your website and looking at your boats is very, very impressive. I mean, it's, a, a, you know, it's a top-notch craft that you're fishing out of. Yep, it's, uh, I spare no expense. I go over and beyond when I have a boat built to try to make everything, not just for me to have it everything organized and comfortable, but I try to go over and beyond for the clients that get a fish with me on a day-to-day -day basis that they are the most comfortable, uh, safest possible uh, situations we can be in, and you will definitely see it in all of my boats. Yeah, very good. And what, what kind of gear are you using now, Daniel? We fish all G Loomis rods and Shimano reels. Uh, that's I've been with them for quite a few years now. And in my opinion, they have some of the best gear on the market. And I would not think, see me ever switching at this point. They are great to deal with, great company. And their gear is just second to none. Yeah, very good. You know, one of the questions that, that I ask almost every time I, I have somebody on the podcast is if you went to uh, bed tonight and you woke up in the morning and, and you had this really weird, you know, one of those weird dreams that just seemed real, you know, and you had, you had in that dream, somebody that came to you and said, Daniel, today is your last fishing trip. And if that was the case, what would you fish for? Where would you fish for it? And who would you have with you? That's a tough one. There's just so many people. Most likely, I would have my girlfriend and my dad and my dog with me. There you go. And we would probably be on one of our Tillamook Coastal Rivers. Mm -hmm. Mm hmm. And fishing for salmon? Either salmon or steelhead. I really enjoy the Coastal Rivers. It's more personal uh, experience. You're in a smaller boat. You're in a drift boat or my raft. And it's just a small and it's such a small little river that we're on. So, uh, and it's ever changing as you're drifting down the river. So 
that would be one of my most, I mean, that I would want to do. And it's kind of in my backyard since I live full-time in Tillamook and do a lot uh-huh. of guiding in the Tillamook area. So that would yeah. be probably my number one pick. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, that is something else that you do, but trying to get, uh, get on your calendar for a steelhead trip is pretty tough. I mean, you are, you are booked up for what, a year in advance now, something like that on a, uh, on a lot of the prime dates. Pretty- yeah, a lot of the stuff. I mean, once I start booking winter steelhead, most of the dates go within a week to 10 days. I uh, fully book up for winter steelhead. I have a couple dates in March that I haven't booked, but for the most oh, wow. part, the winter, the winter steelhead dates go fast. Yeah. And how does spring, uh, 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 spring salmon look for you this year? Uh, it's, it's looking pretty good so far. I have about, uh, 50% of April books so far. I have, I mean, I'm going to fish the first week or so of May. I have uh, half of that booked right now. I got, let's see, I have three out of the first seven days booked already. So I definitely have some days booked, but I have plenty of room to get people out for the 2021 spring Chinook season for the Willamette Columbia systems. Uh, terrific. And, and remember for those that are interested and listening um, that that season is a very short season. And even though you're, uh, you know, you're, you're 50% booked, you, those dates are going to be picked up very, very quickly just because of the popularity of the fish. And if you've never done that, you, you, you need to get on Daniel's calendar because those fish, you take that home, man, and you are a hero to the family. Yep. They're, they're, like I said, the best eaten salmon, the Pacific Northwest, there's not another one around that's uh once you eat one of those, you'll be spring Chinook fishing every year for the rest of your life. I mean, it's just an amazing fish. Yeah, it's a religion, is it not? <laughs> it absolutely is. I mean, people go absolutely crazy for these spring salmon. It's one of the most rewarding fish to catch. Spend a lot of hours out on the water. But if you put the time in, it pays off normally in the long run. If As long as you're willing to put the time in, at the end of the day, it, it'll turn out in your favor. Absolutely. Well, Daniel, how do people get a hold of you if they want to uh, talk with you about booking a trip or, you know, or booking a trip for this year or the coming years? Uh, My cell phone number is 503-440-5188. And you can always check me out online at stlaurentguideservice.com. And uh, you can email me through my website. You can uh, call me on my telephone, text me on my telephone, whatever is easiest and most uh, easy way for you to uh, get in contact with me go ahead and shoot me a call email text and i'll definitely try to find a way to get you out for the 2021 season terrific well daniel thank you so much for carving out uh, a little bit of time for us today to uh, talk about fishing i uh, wish you and your family uh, a very merry christmas and and uh, please stay safe and well it uh, Uh, Looking forward to getting through this COVID thing, but, uh, you know, we still got a few months ahead. Absolutely. You have a great uh, Christmas and holiday season, Ted, and we look forward to chatting with you soon. Hey, sounds good, Daniel. You take care, man. Thank you.